What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, August 18th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode number 270-270. How the hell are you? I had to miss last week due to things that were out of my control, uh, but this is very early on Thursday, so you guys will have this... Uh, all day, pretty much Thursday. So I hope everybody had a good uh, long break in between. Again, sorry about that. There were just some things that I, uh, you know, could not, couldn't control. And then I was like, ah, should I do it really late? And I'm like, nah, you know what? Uh, I don't miss a lot of these uh, in five years. So I figured, let me just get this one uh, out regular time and and unfortunately have to miss one. So again, sorry about that. Hope everybody is doing uh, well. Uh, Hope you are uh, well wherever you may be today in your car, sitting down with a stick or a drink in your cubicle, working out on the treadmill. Uh, Sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy TVE 270. Uh, Obviously a ton of stuff to talk about. Unacceptable <clears throat> Your guys unacceptables and um, yeah, just a uh, movie I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk some sports, obviously uh, the Olympics, the NFL is coming back, uh, some shows I did over the past week. Uh, just a ton of uh, cool stuff to uh, to talk about, some deep stuff, some heavy stuff, some funny stuff, the whole deal. So uh, let's get into it, but before I do 270, got to plug the sponsors, of course. The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, of tomorrow, up-and-comers, established names. Uh, Gonzo Fame has all the in-depth interviews on there, run by uh, Dave Gavry out there in Chicago. Funny dude in his own right, funny comic, and um, he's always adding to the site, putting uh, new cool stuff on there. So check out gonzofame.com. Also, some of the new sponsors that I'm happy are aboard the show, uh, City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Go to citylivingdog.com, and you could see Coach Mike's uh, social media, all his videos, what he does, how he trains these dogs. One of the best top dog trainers in the country um, go to his YouTube page, go to his Instagram, go to his Facebook. It's City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Um, just uh, one of the best, you know, one of the best dog trainers you'll see. Just, you know, it's very simple. There are certain people that speak the language of dog, and this guy does. Uh, from fucking wild animals, fucking, you know, pit bulls that were rescued that need help, all the stuff. This guy will have that thing you know, calm down, it's like, it's insane what he does, and he does it quickly, and he gets it, and he could, what he also does is he kind of molds the dog to what the family needs, so please contact Coach Mike and City Living Dog, uh, and CityLivingDog.com, and tell them that TVE and um, Paul Verzi sent you over there, and uh, if you are, you know, dealing with a new dog like we were, if you have a a puppy or something that needs training, City Living Dog and Coach Mike is the best. So please check him out. He does it with patience and confidence, and he understands uh, how to do it. So uh, check that out. Also, um, uh, drink more good. You guys know I love drinking my seltzers. I love drinking all that stuff. Um, Well, drink more good. 
is a amazing drink product that's out there that's exploding all over America right now. Um, what they do is uh, drink more good. They produce handcrafted syrups and mixers. Okay, and uh, you go at your own pace, however you want it. It's basically a substitute to shitty, awful, regular soda. Um, you know, it's from all real organic ingredients, hand-crushed herbs and spices. Uh, they have fresh organic ginger, fresh organic citrus, all kinds of flavors. No uh, high fructose corn syrup, no preservatives, nothing artificial. The shelf life is eight months, uh, unopened two years. Okay, it's amazing. They have cocktail recipes on every bottle. You could also use it for marinades and cooking and baking. They have a retail store and production kitchen located at 383 Main Street in Beacon, New York. All right, but if you go to drinkmoregood.com, you will see all the different, you know, they have spicy ones, they have the fruit ones, the ginger ones, just amazing. And you basically put it in, and if you just want the seltzer with a little taste, you just put in a little bit. You go at your own pace. Um, go there, enter the code GOODMAKER at checkout. You will get 20% off. And also, uh, they have raised almost $30,000 with the nonprofit generosity.org that's funded uh, water wells through Ghana, Uganda, and Haiti. They've already done that five times. So really good dudes. They uh, have a really good drink product that's organic. So check that out. It is drinkmoregood.com. And of course, All Things Comedy, go to allthingscomedy.com for your best and favorite podcasts, okay? Your favorite comedy albums, they do it all. Follow them and go to allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Okay, let's see here what we will get into right away. Well... Uh, I know when I talked a lot about uh, anxiety and depression, it really hit a lot of people. People are still coming up to me. People are still thanking me. And um, so, yeah, I just want to let you know if you had something that you wanted to talk about or share, it's fine. You know, it's funny. I was talking about uh, anxiety and panic attacks on stage, and I was amazed on how the crowd just got so into what I was saying. And I didn't realize just how much and how often people are dealing with mental health issues and things like that because I was just talking about man you know I had this panic attack and I'm not really used to it and 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 they're just like oh my god and people are nodding their heads and really understanding and dealing with it and getting it so um you know if you're one of those people man it's uh it's a common thing and uh, you know I've been going through it for a little bit on and off and just kind of dealing with it. And it's just like, holy shit, I think sometimes life just uh, gets you. You know, life is a fucking motherfucker. You think you're doing good, you know? You're scrambling out of the pocket. You got daylight for a first down. And the next thing you know, fucking Lawrence Taylor just blindsides you. And you wake up in a fucking hospital bed. It's, uh, you know, the realities of life are brutal. Brutal and uh, and scary. So... Uh, it's normal. Everybody goes through it. But one thing I wanted to talk about today on the show was um, therapy. You know, that's something I did a really long time ago. I didn't really get to, you know, do it that much in my adult life. But, um, you know, then sometimes you're like, ah, maybe I should talk to somebody, see what they have to say, see if it's something that, you know, makes sense. 
for me at this time in my life or whatever. And um, I was just like, fuck it, I'll do it. So I went and started talking to somebody. It definitely helps. But the funniest thing about therapy to me is it is still a business for them. So in our mind, we're like, wow, these people are saints. They're listening to our problems and they're, you know, they're into it and they really care. And it's amazing. They really care about me. They care about what I'm doing. And they do because it is their job and they are getting paid. But the funniest thing is they fucking look at the clock. You could say anything to them and they look at the clock. Anything at all. You know, they're looking like when there's two, three minutes left, they're almost mentally tapped out. You could be like, yeah, last night, you know, I was up hysterical crying with the revolver, you know, hammered back into my mouth, you know, and they'd be like, all right, well, look, we're going to finish up on that and pick up on that right when we get here next week. And you're like, yo, I don't know if there's going to be a fucking next week. Like, you better give me five minutes to work this out real quick. I had the hammer cocked in, in my mouth, hysterical crying. Yeah, well, you know, that happens. And don't beat yourself up. Don't be... A lot of people go to, you know, go to bed right after having a revolver in their mouth while they're, you know, unconsolable and hysterically crying. Um, But no, I just find it funny that no matter how bad it is when you're talking to them, they have to fucking stop. Because there's either somebody else who's got problems waiting or their day is over. But, you know. And I'm not saying all of them. They'll listen an extra five minutes. So I know some people are not mine. I'm not trying to be a dick. You know what I'm saying. Calm down. Calm the fuck down. But I think therapy helps because, like, they know the trigger questions. You know, they know what to ask you. It's always, how's the relationship with the mom? How's the relationship with dad? You have children. How's everybody's health? How's everybody? They know exactly what to do. And then right when you get stumbled on one, that's when their fucking red alert goes off. And they're like, okay, this is what we got to delve into. This is what this person's issues are. And it really is kind of amazing and remarkable what they do. So, uh, but talking it out definitely helps. And there's nothing wrong with it. One thing I wanted to say is a lot of people said to me, Like, I didn't expect that from you. I didn't expect you to talk about your panic attacks. I didn't expect you to talk about being, you know, a guy with anxiety or or some depression and all that stuff. I didn't expect that from you. And at first I was like, why? Like, ah, you just look like, you know, you got your shit together and this and that. And it's like, first of all, you know... Everybody goes through things and just because I'm a comedian and, you know, I have conviction in what I say and I'm confident in what I say and I believe in what I'm saying doesn't mean, you know, I don't go through it. So you guys are not alone, but uh, I'm glad that that message really hit because sometimes podcasts are always like, you know, then my dick was out. We were crying, but then it turned into laughing. We were dancing around a fire and it's always like this amazing, funny story. But like sometimes you got to be a little real. You got to talk about some shit. Feel better about yourself. Um, or humiliated and feel worse. <laughs> However you take it. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a little rested. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about with these Olympics. But I'm going to get into the Olympics when I do the sports thing more. But I'll get into my unacceptable now. Okay. Actually, before I get into my unacceptable, I just want to thank everybody who came out to the shows over the weekend. 
Um, I had some shows at the stand. No, I was at the standing room in Queens on Friday, and then on Saturday night I was at Rockwell's in Pelham again. A great time, a great show. Uh, I had a really good time out there. I uh, appreciate everybody coming out considering it was 96 degrees and insanely humid. You know, we were hoping to get the back doors open and do all that stuff, and it would have been an absolute nightmare. But the people that were there in the room, it was great. Um, I always have a good time there. So shout out to the uh, Robbins family. And, um, you know, my wife came out there with me. Uh, the Shakespeare of shit himself, Kelly Meyer, and a couple of buddies were uh, at the show. So I got to meet Kelly for the first time face-to-face. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, I think that was the first time he ever saw me do stand-up live other than listening to my stuff and got to talk with him and his buddies, and it was super cool. Uh, they seemed to have a good time. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I hope you had a good time. Um, and they brought me a amazing Monte Cristo uh, White Series cigar, which was fresh and amazing, and after the show, I got to stand outside um, the establishment with Kelly and his two buddies, and we were just talking and shooting the shit, and we smoked a stick, and it was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, it was it was really cool to have a fan from so far away come out and check you out, and uh, seemed like he was having a good time in New York and checking out the sites and, and all that stuff, so um, it was cool, you know, we had a good talk, and it, I, I wish you guys could have saw the meeting, because it was like, um, when I saw Kelly there, I had the people go up to him, to his table, and, uh, ask him to come to my booth, where I was sitting with my wife eating, and he came in, and we just talked, and had a good time, and I talked to him before the show, and then we did that after the show, and, uh, you know, even signed a CD that said the Shakespeare of shit, <laughs> So, uh, yes, the contributor with his amazing IBS stories, uh, and I finally met. So that was, uh, that was really awesome. Um, now my unacceptable for the week is related to the Olympics, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to get into the Olympics as far as the sports stuff and what I'm watching and how I'm enjoying it and all that after. But my unacceptable is I saw this thing. Now, I don't know. I made a comment about if you had a dick, you shouldn't run with the women. Okay? I tweeted that and I said all that. Now, I don't know. Some people are like, no, she didn't have a dick. It's just hormones. Look, all I'm saying is this. There was court cases and scientists getting involved. And I'm really not trying to be disrespectful at all to any transgender people. Um... You know, what you do in your life and what makes you happy is what you should do in your life. It's a short life. Do whatever it is that makes you happy, 100%. Okay? However, when you look like a dude, when you're bigger, when you're stronger, I don't think that chick, or you know, should fight in the UFC when she used to be a man. And I don't think if you have man hormones, you should be running in the Olympics against women. I just don't. I think it's fucking unacceptable to have a chick looking like a fucking linebacker who plays for the Rams running against a fucking, you know, skinny chick from Canada. It just looks ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, so that that's my unacceptable. I just didn't think it was something that, you know, was appropriate. I mean, I'm looking and the chick's got, like, cornrows and, like, looks like she's gonna... I mean, she just looked jacked. 
She had the legs of like a running back, big shoulders, and I'm just like, look, that's just a disfair, dis, you know, unfair advantage. It's you know, it's a disadvantage to the other runners, 100%. I mean, if listen, if steroids are illegal because of hormones, think about it. Steroids are illegal because of hormones. Yet somebody who has more male testosterone, more hormones or whatever, like a man can run in the Olympics, doesn't make any sense to me. Because it's natural and because it's not something that's being ingested or injected, I don't think that that makes sense to me. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And that's my unacceptable because I'm just, you know, and it's not like they're not winning. It's not like they're, you know, in the pack. No, they win at the end. Like they're in the pack and then they fucking win because they're better. They're bigger and stronger. Holy shit, I just see my dog. That's really not good. Wow, he got off his leash. That's really not good. Okay, everybody, that was uh, really fucked up for me. Uh, Just so you guys know what happened during that. Um, My dog, Lloyd, was out front on his runner. He's got one of those, you know, those long cords where he could run around the yard. And he likes to dig and sleep under this big tree that we have in the shade. And he likes to do it every morning for a while, and then I take him for a long walk. And I'm up doing my podcast by my deck, and who is on my deck without a leash is my dog running wild. So that could have been really bad. I'm lucky he didn't run into the street. He actually ran in our backyard and came on the deck, which is good. But that would have been really bad. So it was a little unnerving to be doing my podcast and just see him just come on the deck. All right, so let's... Catch up on your guys' unacceptables. So here we go. Let's get your guys' unacceptables. And uh, and then I want to talk about a movie I saw and all that. So here we go. Um, Robert Thompson, Paul Verzi, taking two weeks to put uh, uh, up another episode. Unacceptable. Yes, I know. I know, but I could not help it. Uh, all right, here is a... What's it called? This is uh, Kelly Meyer doing a brief recap of acceptables and unacceptables uh, of his recent trip to New York. All right, so here we go. Let's see what he's got. Unacceptable. Delta canceling our outbound flight with no notification until one hour before the flight was scheduled to depart. Acceptable. Finding a different flight and landing right around the same time we were scheduled to. Unacceptable. Our hotel giving us a room key to an occupied room. I'm sure we ruined someone's night trying to bust into their room after midnight. I hope they got a free night or something. Acceptable. Despite eating and drinking like an absolute animal all weekend, there were no IBS-related incidents. I credit the experience of driving around New York City, which kept my asshole in constant state of hyperactive puckering. Unacceptable, the heat. Good God, the heat. Acceptable, finding excellent parking everywhere we went, literally parked 10 feet from Times Square. I'm almost certain we parked illegally every time, but we didn't get any tickets, so fuck it. Also, seeing the stand and the comedy cellar was really cool as well. Unacceptable. Uh, I'm talkative by nature, and I go light speed when I'm nervous. 
So when you called me over to your table before your set, I was so nervous about meeting you. And once I sat down, I didn't stop talking. I'm super embarrassed about that. It won't happen again if we get a chance to hang out in the future. No worries at all, dude. You were fine. Acceptable. You and your lovely wife sitting and talking with me before the show was surreal. It's very humbling how much you complimented my IBS stories. Uh, you do comedy for a living and you're great at it. So the fact that you also find me funny is uh, a very serious ego boost. No worries at all, buddy. Unacceptable. My reaction when you brought uh, up making a murderer. You and I have emailed back and forth about that. And being that I live in the county where this happened, it is something I'm very passionate about. Sorry if I got louder animated, but you know that documentary pushes some of my buttons and recent developments in the case have got my blood boiling. Acceptable. Your set absolutely crushed. Your new material is fantastic, and I can't wait to see uh, it on your first special. Um, okay. Gotcha. Okay. I won't say that part. There you go. Unacceptable. The couple sitting next to us that started arguing during your set. The lady was bitching at her boyfriend because he didn't let her sit next to him. Uh, Logan was about to say something to her until she started pushing him and saying, fuck you. No, fuck you. Later on, <laughs> uh, when that other lady in the crowd told you she was divorced, the lady next to us started saying to her boyfriend, she's divorced. I bet you like to fuck her, wouldn't you? It was, it was really distracting, but we didn't speak up because we didn't want, oh yeah, a steak knife jamming to our thighs. I hear you. That was nuts. Acceptable. That old bald dude with the cowboy boots and massive belt buckle that sat front row. That guy was a total pimp and he seemed to enjoy every time you <laughs> referenced him in your set. Unacceptable. You complimented my Nikes, but I didn't compliment your Jordans. So I'll say it now. Those shoes are tight. <laughs> and the brief bit you did about them during your set was hilarious. Okay? Acceptable. You hanging out with us after the show for a while was seriously one of the highlights of my year. Talking with you about sports, the Olympics, dogs, politics, politicians, different comedians. It was like having... Uh, our own personal interactive episode of TVE. I'm glad you liked the stick. I just wish they hadn't burned so fast. Please thank your wife from me and my buddies for sticking around so you could hang out with us for a while after the show. She was really cool, and I hope we didn't keep you too long. No, you didn't. We had a great time. Thanks again for everything. I'm glad to finally see you perform live and definitely hoping to attend the filming of your special. I'll pay full price for tickets but if you can get me some great seats, I would really appreciate it. No worries, uh, Kelly. That was great. And uh, it was uh, ditto to everything, man. Likewise. Uh, okay. Here we go. Unacceptable from my older brother, Christian. This is an unacceptable from my older brother, Christian. All right. Here we go. Christian Verzi says, my big brother... Here's an unacceptable that I had to share. There is a restaurant that uh, like to go to on weekends for breakfast, and since it's my favorite meal of the day, I actually look forward to it, and the buffet at this particular place has everything you would need. It's not bad for a $25 meal to start off the day. So early on Sunday morning, I go in, 
like I have so many times before and get seated. By the way, you have to wait to get seated here. So the host walks me to my table, and just like always, I know I'm going to choose the buffet rather than order from the menu. Of course you are. So without even sitting down, I simply, as always, leave my phone on the table where I was seated and then head to the buffet to get my typical breakfast. So I grab my plate and start to get my food. When I hear someone say, excuse me, from the table I was sitting at. So I turn to the right and see a woman who is clearly the waitress holding my cell phone up in the air. So I look at her and she says, excuse me, is this your phone? As if it was left there accidentally. I nod to indicate that it is my phone, but instead of putting it back down on the table, she moves it to the table behind where I was sitting and points as she does, uh, as she does it while two other people sit at the table I was sitting at as if my phone was just left there by some stranger that should not have been there in the first place. I then noticed these two morons who took my table uh, were with two people who were already sitting, uh, seated at the table next to mine. All I was able to manage to say to this person who moved my phone from the distance, uh, I was that was yes, I was seated, I was seated, I, I was seated there. But it was not heard since I was so far away and I had a plate of food in my hand. This all happened very fast. Now, all, uh, all I look forward to in the morning is my breakfast and my coffee to get my day going. I'm laughing because I know my brother so well and how frustrated he must have been. That's it. It's not much. It's a very, uh, it's a very uh, serene and peaceful time of the day for me. This was, uh, this was now gone. I finished getting my simple breakfast and bring it back to my new table, which uh, was decided for me without asking by either the waitress, the two fucking clueless, brain-dead, social, infinite morons that sat at my table, and finally the two idiots who were already seated at the table next to mine, who, uh, by the way, clearly saw me uh, get seated at that table to begin with. These were the typical losers who never stayed at a nice hotel before and thought there was the center of the universe. So since this was eating at me during the entire breakfast, I could not stop thinking about what to do. Half of me wanted to literally stand up and say something to those people who took my table, but then I realized that this was really the responsibility of the waitress. I was seated at that table, period. That is why my phone was there. It wasn't just left there by some fucking stranger walking by. She should have told those people that the table was taken and then they could have asked me or she could have asked me. So as I drank my coffee, things got clearer for me and I just kept thinking of it over and over in my mind. I could not let it go. (laughs) So my brain dead waitress comes over with the check. Here's what I wanted to say. Excuse me. Do me a favor. Get me my coffee and my water and stay the fuck away from my table until I finish my breakfast. Where did you learn? uh, Where did you learn your job? You moved my phone. Should we let those people know I was sitting at that table? Should they come over here and apologize? I'm not tipping you. So stay away from me until I leave you, <laughs> you fucking moron. But of course I didn't, and I wish I had. When I, uh, when, I was, 
when I am finally done, uh, I sign the check, charge it to the room as always, and then on uh, and then on the line for the tip, I place a huge zero with a line through it. I then wrote a note at the bottom of the check. I do not appreciate you rudely moving my phone. I was seated at that table. I then left and went on. Uh, I then left and went to my room to get my stuff and put it in the car. On my final trip down from the room, since I passed the main entrance to the restaurant, I walked right over there and saw three people smiling and asking if they could help me. I asked if there is a manager that I could speak to. I politely unloaded <laughs> the entire story. I explained the whole thing to three people standing there, uh, one of whom was uh, the manager, and they promptly apologized, asked for uh, asked what room I was in, and waived the cost of my breakfast. Uh, Lloyd, relax. The social etiquette of simply acknowledging that I was sitting there would have been enough. Uh, I'm all about helping people who want... Uh, to sit together. It's happened to me many, many times. The difference is that I'm not an uncaged animal. Rather, I'm a human being that typically eats at places like this, not trailer trash that goes to restaurants and flip-flops and can't swallow food without yapping to the person I'm eating with about myself like I'm the only person that exists. The cage is not big enough. Excellent, buddy. Excellent. And you know what? I know that that was pent up in you. I know you could not fucking help it because you got that thing. You got that nutty thing too. You just, you had to get it. You know, you're like me. You had to let it out. I love it. I absolutely love it. That was awesome. Uh, okay, here we go. This one is Animals at Petco. Tim Williams. Hey, Paul. I know it's a shitty title. My bad. Meg and I got a pup about a month ago. I'm sorry, guys. Fucking Lloyd is biting at me. I got to put him outside. Unfucking believable um, all right, I'm going to start this over. Sorry, Tim. Here we go. Okay. All right. I know it's a shitty title. My bad. Meg and I got a puppy about a month ago. So we've made about a thousand trips to Petco on what seems to be a daily basis. Uh, sure. The people working there are weirdos. <laughs> But they're overall very nice and harmless. Having said that, I'm about to start a change.org petition for the fine people of Worcester to vote on who can go to a pet store come November. While walking through the aisles, I noticed there were a couple corners that uh, had some dog piss on the ground. I shook my head and thought, yeah, maybe a dog got a little excited and marked their territory and the owner didn't notice a quick little squirt. I saw about five puddles as we walked through the store and then my head almost exploded when I turned the next corner. I walked into a plush toy area uh, and look on the ground and see what looked like the aftermath of Jurassic Park come to life, <laughs> come to life outhouse. There was a fucking road <laughs> There was a fucking road apple right in the middle of the aisle that all the flies in the world were fawning over. How in the ever-living fuck does a human with a brain leave their dog's five-pound shit sitting in the middle of an aisle? 
There are cleanup stations with bags, paper towels, disinfectant spray, etc. on nearly every corner. If you bring your dog somewhere, you pick up their shit, especially in a fucking store. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Lock whoever did this up in a porta potty stuck in zero gravity and throw away the key. Unacceptable. Keep doing the damn thing, Tim. P.S. We saw you in Connecticut a couple of weeks back. Not sure if you hung around until the end, but somebody shouted out, picking cotton to Dave Temple at the end of his set made me and the rest of the audience want to crawl out of their skin. Not sure if he mentioned anything about that uh, after the show, but I'm still thinking about it three weeks later. Wow. Uh, No, that's fucking ridiculous. I love Dave Temple. He's a uh, great guy. Super, super funny uh, comic. And uh, who the fucking animals, man. That's terrible. I didn't hear that. I'm glad I didn't. Um, thank you for the submission. Uh, here we go. couple quick ones. Logan Allen. Hey, Paul. Uh, oh, okay, this was beforehand. All right, this was beforehand. So uh, you said, I'll see you this Saturday as Kelly Meyer, a.k.a. the Shakespeare of shit. Uh the mudslide from Milwaukee, <laughs> the fecal phenom, uh, and I catch your set at Rockwell's. I'm beyond excited and can't wait to see how your set has evolved since seeing you at the uh, Riverside. Oh, okay, in Milwaukee this past October. That was great. I have a couple of quick unacceptables for you. All right, sorry this is late, but I'm going to read them now. Recently, an elderly woman stopped in the middle of the walking cro- uh, of walking across a busy road to spark up a cigarette as myself and another driver slammed on our brakes to avoid sending this broad six feet under. I don't care if you can't wait until you reach the other side. I don't need to be responsible for killing a feeble old woman (laughs) who inevitably has grandchildren I'd have to face at her funeral. Fuck that. Uh, Number two, having a waiter, waitress, or hostess glare at incoming customers just because the establishment is busy. I'm sorry that I'm inconveniencing you uh, with my business, but I shouldn't be greeted coldly because you hate your job or your shitty restaurant is understaffed. Smile, seat me as you can, and apologize for the wait. (laughs) I'm a human being and understand that things can be hectic. Don't start an already negative situation with your dismal attitude. God, I love that fucking Logan. I love that. Uh, Say what's up to Lloyd for me, but do not send my regards to Stanley or Thomas. (laughs) Oh, that's great. See you on Saturday. Well, I did see you. I smoked a stick with you. That's great. Both of those are fucking great. And it's funny you said that because Lloyd was like, like lightly biting my forearm during this fucking podcast. Um, all right, we are got a few more left here. Nothing, nothing crazy. This is from Seth Harshman, Workplace Chatting. New listener here. Love the podcast so far. So I work in an office and everyone in my department except the VP of the department is a woman. When I started here, I thought it was no big deal. I was uh, a nursing major in college before switching uh, to psychology. Uh, And my senior year, I had a job at Bath and Body Works because it was the first job offer that came to me. So I've always worked around women, 
but my coworkers here annoy me to a new degree I have never thought possible. For one, every woman here uh, will say will say on the phone, "I'm calling in regards to uh, so and so." No, ladies, it's in regards to. <laughs> in regard to, uh, you give your regards to somebody when you want to wish them well. Learn your English, but the worst part is. They stand around and talk for sometimes 15 minutes to a half an hour at a time while I'm sitting there grinding away. Sure, I get on the phone a bit, but I get my shit done. I've been taught since I was a kid to put my nose down and work, and that just doesn't seem to be a theme here. Unprofessional and unacceptable. But thanks for the podcast, Paul. Regards. Um... Yeah, and you have a choice now. Your choice is you could either fucking, you know, slack it a little bit, chill out, you know, relax. Or, you you know, you just got to deal with these people and deal with what they do. What can you do, you know? Thank you for the submission. Thank you for, um, you know, listening to the podcast. Here we go. This one is from Brett McCarthy. Subject title, Animals. Hey, Paul, love your work and can't wait for you to get back to Rhode Island. I actually will be there. My agent will be talking to Rhode Island Comedy Connection this week. But here's my unacceptable. I am not one to judge people on what they put into their bodies, and I totally get the convenience of fast food, which I think once in a while everyone can enjoy as a guilty pleasure. However, if you order a hot dog from Burger King or a lobster roll from McDonald's, you're an absolute animal that should be locked in a cage and have the keys shot out of a cannon into outer space. Unacceptable. Uh, Brett, I can't disagree or argue with any of that. Um, Getting lobster from McDonald's is like, ugh, you know? It's it's like it's like getting a like a hooker with like no legs. It's just like just fucking pony up and get the legs. You know? Like not that I'm going to get a hooker. It's probably a weird analogy. But like not that I'm going to get a hooker, right? But if I were to get a hooker, you know, she'd have teeth and all her limbs. And I feel like going to McDonald's and getting lobster, it would be like just like yeah, you need to eat and you're going to get something good, but it's shitty. It's, it's probably a bad analogy, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, moving on. Here we go. Let's see what else we got. Guys, there was a couple unacceptables that were just too long that I just cannot make. I'm sorry because I'm already 40-something minutes in. I got some stuff I want to talk about, so I'm sorry if, um, you know, but I can't. And just moving forward, like, I can't. If you guys want to write me something that I don't have to read, just so I know, that's cool. But like, if somebody writes me, a couple people wrote me like two pages. I just can't, I can't do that. You know, I got to get on with the show. I want to, believe me, but if you can go back and abbreviate it and just make it like, you know, because I can't have people listening and me reading, you know, a fucking novel that you wrote. And that's no offense. I love my listeners, my, my current listeners, new listeners, all that, but I just can't. Um, so try to abbreviate it so I could get to everybody. Let's see here. Okay, this one is from Farts. Okay, the Dustin uh, Vile. Farts go off the rails. Okay. This email is unacceptable because it might be a tad long, but it definitely has a shit show ending. During my mid-20s, I had a night out with my buddies. We were all drinking at a local pub. Pleasantly buzzed while we listened to the jukebox. Son of a bitch. 
Sorry about that, everybody. This son of a bitch was my phone going off. Let me get back to this here. Okay. Sorry about that, Dustin. Okay, so you're all listening to the jukebox at a pub. You're buzzed. Um, well, one of your buddies uh, hunkered down below the pool table in order to retrieve uh, the balls for a new game. An uh, enormous gas bubble formed deep within the pit of my colon. I felt as if it was going to be a really loud fart. So I decided to use the opportunity uh, that presented itself to prank my buddy and blast him in the face while he remained (laughs) in a firm squat position. However, I hesitated for a brief moment because the music was loud and I feared my buddy wouldn't be able to hear my fart, thus defeating the purpose of the prank. But then... serendipity would have it I realized that the song playing on the jukebox was damaged incorporated by Metallica and because I'm a fan I knew that there was going to be a brief moment in the song when all the thrashing instrumental was going on to come to the abrupt halt roughly one second of silence before the thunderous drums and electrifying riffs made their epic return For this reason, I decided to capitalize on that brief moment of silence and and pulverize my buddy with a brutal fart uh, to the back of the neck. However, my spontaneous plan didn't work out the way I had envisioned. As the moment approached, I lifted my leg and aimed my asshole directly behind my buddy's right ear and pushed with all my might. (laughs) although my timing was spot on my intention however was anything but instead of a well-timed fart to the back of my buddy's neck it it was to my dismay to find out that I had just liquid shit my britches so bad oh I could feel it running down the back of my leg before I had the chance to lower it Uh, It didn't even make a sound. (laughs) Nothing more than a steady stream of wet shit that took a perfect bank shot off my boxers and blind straight down to my inner thighs. Although I don't think anybody noticed, my face turned beet red as I bolted for the bathroom. As I weaved through a sea of bar flies, I could feel the warmth. Of the liquid shit, oh my god, smearing between my butt crack, oh, and well below my balls. Oh my god, this is fucking brutal, dude. If that wasn't enough, there was only one stall in the men's room aside from a long piss trout, uh, and it didn't even have a door. And the cherry on the Sunday, absolutely no toilet paper, unacceptable, thanks for the laughs, <laughs> and I love your podcast. Well, thank you, Dustin. And it goes to show you the next time that you want to fart on your buddy's head in a fucking loud bar, you know, it'll make you think twice about it. But that was definitely gross. Uh, 100%. Definitely. Um, Jesus. And that was right for it. That was like Kelly Meyer without the fucking, you know, Shakespearean tone. But all works anyway. So thank you so much. That was absolutely hilarious. Thank you all. For your submissions, uh, all great unacceptables as usual. Uh, let's see where we are on time here. Uh, Forty-three minutes, perfect, perfect. And this one will be out early on uh, Thursday, guys. So, 
I'll get this out there for you guys. And um, I wanted to talk about the Olympics. You know, the Olympics is like, I'm watching them. I'm loving them. You know, I'm having a good time with them. Like Usain Bolt, it's just such a joke how like he needs to be pushed to win and then he just wins. Guy's like looking around smiling. Guy's like brushing his teeth in the last 30 meters of a 100 meter gold medal run. It's unbelievable how fast he is. I loved the swimming. Um, they just, the only thing I don't like is how NBC tries to fill time with talking about the Olympians like common every person problem, but they act like it's a bigger deal because they're in the Olympics. You know, they're like, he was adopted, but his parents loved him anyway and made him go to the gym. It's like, yeah, well, people get adopted. Like, it's not that big of a, you know, like Michael Phelps's DUI and, you know, all these fucking, you know, these big, like, you know, they act like a big deal. His brother had a hangnail in 92. He was really distraught, but he said he'd be back. You know, it's like, it's like, I get what NBC's doing. They got to fill time, but like, everybody's got a story. You know, everybody's got a story. If, if, you know, Dustin, who just told that story, or Kelly Meyer, could you imagine if Dustin or Kelly Meyer were Olympians? <laughs> Here's Kelly Meyer going for the uneven bars. He's had a shitstorm of a year, literally. And his competitor, Dustin, uh, we found out about the unbelievable bar incident where he lifted his leg to fart on his buddy's neck and he shit all over his jeans, but he said, I'll be back and I'll be in Rio. Now here's Kelly Meyer with the uneven bars. We know why he's wearing black pants, folks. <laughs> These guys really shit themselves. IBS could be an unbelievable cr uh, crippling condition. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people go through shit. Literally, no pun intended. Like, I, I get what NBC's doing. They got to fill time, but it's just like, they're like, Kerry Walsh Jennings, she came back at 38 with three kids. It's like, well, that's what the fuck you do. Like, that, it's not that, you know what I mean? It'd be a story if they were like, Kerry Walsh Jennings lost her arm and leg and one eye, but she's determined to go to Rio. Like, that's a story I'd listen to. I'd be like, holy shit, what did she fucking get, like, attacked by a shark? I gotta hear this. But not like she's now a mother of three, a loving wife. We'll see how this turns out. It's like, yeah, it's common shit. But that's the only thing that annoys me because I get into everything else. I really do get into everything else. Um, you know, the track and field is amazing. Um, the I think it's hilarious when they throw the when they throw not the discus, the ball. Or what's the thing where they hold on to it? Like it's like the ball on a wire and they spin. I just love when they throw it. It all sounds like they're just fucking orgasming. Like, ah! I, love, I love it. They spin like, yeah, yeah. Like before it even lands. I just get it. I don't know why that makes me laugh. Um, the, I'm not going to lie. You know, a lot of times people say things and uh, it comes across as ignorant and stupid. And I don't want to do that here, but I would be lying and wouldn't be honest if I said the Muslim chick wearing the fucking thing on her head annoys me because it does. It's like, just say you're Muslim. You know what I mean? Just say you're Muslim. You don't have to fucking wear... Unless she wears that everywhere she goes. But if she's just wearing that to prove a point, it's fucking annoying. It's like, just say you're Muslim and be proud of it. Um, What else do I like about the Olympics too? Um, 
I like the volleyball, man. The volleyball, indoor and, and the beach. Awesome. Um, I like the... Um, I got to be honest. I like both men and women's gymnastics. I mean, I like the women's a little more because, like, seeing a dude in a leotard and shit, it's just like a little, like, it's like, can't you fuck, you know. I don't understand why they got to wear the skimpy. And it's not like a homophobic thing. I just don't understand why they got to wear, like, the skimpy, you know, tank top. Like, can't you just wear, like, sleeves? Like, I, don't, I understand it needs to be tight. Can't have baggy shit on. But can't it just be, like, a little, like covered up a little bit, um, and, uh, that Simone Biles is just insane, she's just, like, those flips in the air, and it's, it's awesome to watch, um, and I loved watching the women's gymnastics until they got interviewed, and they were talking about Zac Efron, and they're like, and oh my god, we're gonna get pizza with them, and we are just so, and I was just like, all right, you know what, didn't need to hear them talk, just, I appreciate what they do, but they're fucking teenagers, um, but I'm into it. I'm not going to lie. I'm into the Olympics. I like it. Um, I just lay up and I watch it. I watch repeats of it. The whole thing is fun. Uh, water polo is a little painful because it's like, why do you keep faking throwing it? Just fucking throw it the first time and swim down the pool. You know, I know they, that's part of the thing, but it just annoys me. Um, and what other, what other things am I? Yeah. And I wanted to see, um, I like watching like the 800 meter, like how they just pace it out. Um, these Kenyan motherfuckers, dude, these guys just, I mean, I don't know what it is, but the Kenyans just don't stop. They just fucking, they're running machine. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Just, you ever see a Kenyan do like a 1500? They look like as soon as it's done, they're just like, it's what they do. It's, uh, I love watching the whole thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and, and you know what? NFL's coming back. I'm excited. The Giants are going to be good. I'm calling that. I'm predicting that. I think the Giants are going to have a 9-11 to, to 11 win season. I'm going to say 10 and get the wild card and maybe make a little bit of a run. I think Eli's got a run in him left. Um, Yankees clearing uh, house and, and cleaning up, and, and the young kids are still playing good, so they should be good in the future. And, of course, the Knicks, ready for the Knicks. And, by the way, I talked about a ton of stuff on, on podcasts that are going to be coming out. Uh, I got a podcast that's going to be out tomorrow uh, called on uh, Gas Digital called uh, Pumped, which is on uh, Louis J. Gomez's network. Um, did a great interview on that one. I also uh, did uh, Robert Kelly's YKWD with guest host Tim Dillon. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of podcasting going on. So if you did miss me last week, don't give me shit for it. You can go and see a bunch of other ones there. All right. Um, I love how I'm doing this shit for free. And people are like, this is bullshit. Okay? What do you mean out of your control? You should do this shit from a fucking airplane if you have to. Uh, no, I shouldn't. Okay? Cut me some fucking slack, motherfuckers. Um... Oh, and I saw a movie that I wanted to talk about. It was on DVD. It's a new release or was a new release a couple of weeks ago. I highly recommend. I loved it. It is called 10 Cloverfield Lane with John Goodman. Okay, now I'm going to talk about this without giving anything away. All right. But because it starts like this, so I'm not giving anything away. But people were like, I was talking about it 
to some comedians at the stand last night, and when I was talking about it, they were like, no, I didn't see it. And when I was done, they were like, all right, you put it that way, I'm going to see it. So 10 Cloverfield Lane starts out with a chick who is driving in a car, and next thing you know, she wakes up, and she wakes up downstairs of like a cellar. Like she's like in a basement room, you know, cinder block room. Looks very kind of cold. It looks like where you would hold somebody if you wanted to torture them. But um, the door opens and John Goodman is giving her food. And she's like, what do you want with me? What's going on? Why would you do this? And he's like, I'm trying to keep you alive. And he feeds her. And he leaves. And she's trying to figure everything out. And uh, he basically tells her why he did it and why she's there. I don't want to give it away. And then it's up to her to decide if what he's telling is the truth or not. And you are guessing the whole way through if he is the good guy or if he's not. And uh, there are times you're convinced that it's one or the other. And then you're like, oh, shit. And uh, I loved it. I thought the acting was superb. Uh, It's not like a big action, shoot 'em up crazy sci-fi, all kinds. It's not like that. Um, there's not even a lot of gore or really any gore or torture. It's not like that. This is more of a very kind of cerebral type of guessing game that you're playing with yourself. So if you're going into it going like, I'm going to get my mind blown with effects, you're not. If you like a cool story with good acting and you're like kind of really, your mind is playing tricks on you during it, then that's what this movie is. So I say 100% 10 Cloverfield Lane is the shit. Um, and John Goodman is, now people got on me cause I said I didn't love him, but I don't think he's ever been bad. Like John Goodman to me is not, you know, he's not a Philip Seymour Hoffman, God rest his soul. He's not a Christian Bale. You know, he's not a Daniel Day Lewis type of guy, even a Denzel guy. I just think he's like a really solid, solid actor, maybe tier two. John Goodman's like Eli Manning, you know? He'll win you a title or two. He'll always deliver, but you're not putting him up there with Brady or Manning, you know? You're not You're not putting him up there, but he just, he delivers. He gets the job done. You put him with a good cast. You give Eli some good wide receivers and good shit's going to happen. That's John Goodman. Just a solid, gets it done, shows up like a pro. Really, really fucking good. But this time, I think he even stepped up the acting to another level And, uh, because it's what I love acting where even the facial expressions, like that's a lot of people think acting is like always the script. And I don't think it is. I really don't like, I always talk about it. I I don't mean to sound repetitive, but, um, Michael Corleone, Al Pacino in, um, Godfather, where he's sitting in the restaurant and he's got to shoot the other mob boss and the uh, captain of the police or the or the chief, the police chief or whatever. And he's eating and while they're talking, the whole time his eyes are moving around because he knows what he needs to do. So all you're looking at is like this guy who's clearly thinking, I'm going to go into the bathroom, grab a gun, come out and fucking shoot these guys in the head. And like that's all that's consuming his mind and thoughts. And he acted it. He didn't have to say a word. There was nothing with the script. It was just him thinking of what he had to do. I love shit like that. And I feel like John Goodman had a lot of that in this movie. I think when you see 10 Cloverfield Lane, you're going to be able to kind of be thinking what he's thinking. It's really, really good. So 
There you go. It gets the Verzi effect. Two thumbs up. Um, and I think you guys will like it. It's on demand now. So you can get it for like $4.95 or whatever it is. Um, so that being said, I got some cool stuff coming up that I'm going to be going to. I will be in, um, let's go into some plugs here. Where will I be in September? I'm going away on vacation and I come back basically in September, but I will be headlining the Mohegan Sun comics. It is no longer at uh, Foxwoods. It's at Mohegan Sun. Comics at Mohegan Sun, September. Now, somebody said that it's 8th, 9th, and 10th. I need to look at that because I thought it was just 9th and 10th. So I'm going to look at that right now and let you guys know. But either way, it's at the new room at Mohegan Sun Comics, and I will be co-headlining with my good buddy, Joe Bartnick, uh, for the all-in tour. The all-in tour is back, We uh, and we're going to be adding somebody, which I'm excited to announce pretty soon. I'll let you guys know details on that. But we are going to um, be, this time it's just going to be me and Joe again. And a lot of people came out last time, but it's awesome. And it's, uh, I like the casino better. I like this casino better than the other one just because I won two grand there. But it's got more of a, kind of a cooler feel. Cozier feel, dimmer lights, doesn't have that fucking, you know, surgeon, you know, bullshit thing there. So uh, I think you'll like it. Uh, come out if you are in that area. It is going to be awesome. And I'm trying to see the dates here. Let me see here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Where's September? Where the fuck is September? Here it is. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. It is. So I was wrong. It is Thursday the 8th, Friday the 9th, and Saturday the 10th. So two shows Saturday the 10th. One sh- no, sh- yeah, one show Friday the 9th and Thursday, one show 8 o'clock. Me and Joe Bartnick, 8 through 10, comics at Mohegan Sun. I think you guys are going to have a, a great time, and I heard really good things about the room, way better than the other room used to do. The other room used to be a little fucked up. It was, like, wide, and this, they put, like, posters up as a wall. Uh, this one is better. So please check those shows out, September 8 through 10. Also, I will be... Uh, performing at the Hoboken Comedy Festival. Headlining the Hoboken Comedy Festival Friday night, September 30th. You could just go to HobokenComedyFestival.com and see the venue I will be at, but that will be on September 30th. Um, But before then, I will be September 21st, guys. I keep plugging this because it's coming up uh, fast and it's a long time out. Um, The Tempe, Arizona Improv. I will be in Arizona, in Tempe, at the Improv, Wednesday, September 21st. And then I will be at the Big Pine Comedy Festival, September 22nd through the 24th in Flagstaff, Arizona. Please check out those dates. Please get tickets. Uh, I'll be out there selling my album and uh, working on my new hour. A bunch of stuff you guys have not heard yet. So please come out uh, to those shows. That's going to be awesome as well. I also will be at the Saratoga Comedy Works October 12th through the 15th. So Saratoga, New York, up there where the horses are racing, everybody. I will be there in October as well. And I will be going to Toronto in November. I will be plugging those later. But for now, uh, Mohegan Sun, 
the Tempe, Arizona Improv, all that. You could check out paulverzi.com for dates. Um, what else do we have here? Yes, follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. I'm going to try to get better with Instagram, guys. It's just I just don't have time for every fucking time something gets good or every time I start getting the hang of something. Like, oh, I finally figured out Twitter. Now I'm getting thousands of people a month, and I figured this out, and great. And then all of a sudden people are like, Twitter? You old fucking piece of shit. What are you talking about Twitter for, you fucking dinosaur? Twitter, it's all about Instagram. It's all about this. It's all about Facebook Live. I don't have time for this shit. Can people stick with one thing? It's just ridiculous. I just don't understand how it keeps getting more and more. No, you got to go to fucking Snapchat. And you got to fuck. You got to do. It's like, dude, can everybody just have Facebook and that's it? Does it have to be, do I have to take a picture of my fucking salad with me smiling in front of it, you know, or laughing or joking? Does it have to be that? It's so fucking annoying. We are so obsessed with ourselves that we give a fuck about what a salad looks like. Jesus. I'm not trying to sound like an old man here, but during the Great Depression, do you think they gave a fuck what their food looked like? They were happy to put a piece of lettuce down their fucking gullets, you know? Otherwise, they'd have to give up their kids and shit. And we're sitting there taking pictures of filet mignon, you know, in Vegas. Like, it's it's just ridiculous. And, and it's just, I, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do, like, quick ones. But, like, I don't, like, do people don't give a fuck that much? Like, it's already narcissistic what I do. I do a podcast. I plug my shows. It's already narcissistic. Now I'm going to start, you know, taking pictures of everything I do and people give a fuck. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making excuses because I don't feel like doing it. But um, I will try to get better at that. But you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. And again, please go to gonzofame.com for the interviews, which are great. Uh, City Living Dog and Coach Mike, check out his videos on YouTube, drinkmoregood.com, and drink those drinks because they are insane. Check that out. All things comedy. Um, I am going on vacation next week, but I plan to do the Verzi Effect podcast. And if I don't, I will either do it a little late or a little early, but I'm going to put it out there because I missed last week. But I am going away with the family on a vacation. A well-needed, a well-deserved Get the fuck out of here vacation. I am going to sit on the beach. My phone is going to be off. And I am going to be... um, Being terrible again with Instagram. Uh, I'll take like one picture on the vacation and put it there and think I'm doing good with Instagram. And I'm not. Somebody came up to me and was like, Yeah, dude, you, you don't have enough for where you are which I don't even know what this means, but they were like, for where you are and everything, you know, you're doing all right with Twitter, but like you should have way more Instagram followers. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I just don't take pictures of everything. I, I don't care. I don't, you know, I just don't have, I, I don't care. So um, anyway, that's it for the show, everybody. This has been episode 270. I want to thank everybody who came out to the shows. Kelly Meyer, Logan, uh, your other buddy in Brooklyn who's such a nice dude. I'm, his name is uh, slipping my mind right now. But thank you guys so much for coming out. Everybody else who came out, all the podcast listeners. Um, you know, let's let's have a nice panic attack free week, everybody. Breathe through your nose if you have a panic attack. I learned all the things. Breathe through your nose. When your therapist is looking at the clock, just tell her, listen, I need five minutes to get through this, all right?
Uh, that is it until episode 271. I am out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, I will see you soon. Oh, and if you want to send unacceptables, and for you new listeners, send in unacceptables to the show. It is unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. It is not the number. It is spelled out. Unacceptables, F-O-R, TVE at gmail.com. Please, guys, I can't read a fucking novel you wrote. I just can't. I appreciate it. If you want to write me something in private, I will read it. Absolutely. But I can't read out on the show, you know, you know, your your life story and your family tree. I'd love to. I just can't. I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm actually saying this because I want you to be a part of the show. I just can't have full fucking pages. Okay. Like I, I know it's an email and it could be longer than Twitter, but it can't be fucking, you know. Yeah. So I got this sweater and the fucking sweater suck. Cause I didn't want the color, but you know, I'm not going to upset my aunt. You know what I mean? My aunt bought me the fucking sweater. But anyway, now to my unacceptable, but speaking of sweaters, I can't like, I can't, I just can't fucking do it. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to hear about the sweater. They want to hear the unacceptable. All right. So sorry. I'm ranting. Uh, that's the show until 271. I am out of here. I'll talk to you guys soon.